welcome to another episode of TFS The Season. It's the Talk Film Society podcast series in which, you know, uh, uh, several people from Talk Film Society, friends of Talk Film Society, we've all come together to record uh, episodes covering double features um, with the main theme of holidays, Christmas, New Year's, uh, whatever you celebrate, we're covering it. Um, for this episode, it's not just me because it 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 uh, it's, it's it's sort of it, it, in case you haven't caught on to the to the theme yet, or maybe this is your first time jumping in. Uh, there are usually two people uh, per episode. That, that that that's how it's playing out. Uh, I'm joined by Max. Hey, Max. Hey, how's it going? Oh. What's up? <laughs> it's relatively. It's going fine at this very moment. I'm doing just fine. Max, how how are you? How are you doing? Um, I am I am okay as well. Uh, things at this moment are okay. Um, I'm trying to you know stay positive, and you know yeah. there are things on the horizon that are very good. Yeah, and I'm trying to I'm trying to focus on those things. The holidays, um, for a few people, um, I, I'll just say it for me in particular, uh, may mm-hmm. be kind of rough this year. Okay. Um, and we're doing this. I mentioned this in the first episode I did with Mike, our, our mutual friend, Max, Mike Schindler. Um, yep. uh, I mentioned this in the first episode. Uh, I, I see this as a, you know, uh, if we can give you a good time, listeners, you know, talking about these movies, then we've done our job, you know, just to make you forget about the world for 30 minutes and make you think about these great movies. And, you know, just, just, you know, just, just if you just enjoy yourself for just that long, then we've done our mm-hmm. jobs. Yeah. Cause it's, Hey, like I said, it's, it's rough this year. It so. is a dark time. <laughs> it's a dark, it is a very dark time. Um, <laughs> sp- speaking of dark, no, it's not a good transition at all. Uh, <laughs> why don't we just jump into the movies? Um, yes. Yes. Let's do uh, uh, speaking of dark, let's talk about light. It's about the light lightness of, of these two movies. Um, why, why don't we start the with darkness? Yeah, I mean, there is darkness in these two. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. There, there is darkness within these two movies, but there's also light. The two films for this episode are Scrooged and Ghostbusters yeah. Two. Yes. Yeah. You call it a very Murray Christmas. Um, not the Sofia Coppola movie, which is no, which is which, which I think is good. I don't know how you feel about that, Max. Uh, I think I think it's that's all right. Good. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's a very Murray Christmas because uh, these are two Bill Murray movies that take place. Wait, does Ghostbusters two take place over Christmas slightly? Because it's Go- it's more in Ghostbusters two takes. It takes place over like basically all of like the holidays, the holidays. Okay, until yeah. New Year's Day. Um, we'll talk about Ghostbusters two in a sec. First, we'll go to Scrooge, which came out first in nineteen eighty eight, directed mm-hmm. by Richard Donner, starring Bill Murray. Um, I'm gonna kick it off because I was excited to talk about Scrooge because it is one of my all time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I always put this on during Christmas. Um, I've done it. It's Correct been a tra- decision. It's been, yeah, it's been a tradition for the last I don't know how many years for me. I mm-hmm. I put it on. I wrap my presents. I get in the spirit. That is this is this to me is like anybody else's like it's a wonderful life, or uh, uh, um, 
uh, a Christmas Ugh. story. Just a, just name any other Christmas movie. This is my Christmas movie. Um, I get it. I love it. I love it. Uh, how do you feel about Scrooged, Max? Like, I mean, I I mean, I pushed for this pairing of movies, right? And 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 it's because I think that they might be two of the greatest movies ever made. I, I <laughs> so I absolutely one hundred percent think Scrooge is amazing, genius, and potentially perfect. I think I think it is perfect. We'll, we'll talk about Ghostbusters two in a bit because I am very much interested in your take because I've heard I've heard your take on it and we'll we'll dive deep into it. <laughs> but I'm I'm like a hundred percent on your side with Scrooge, and it, it's it's. I don't know. I, I I don't know if you feel the same way, Max. But like, it feels like it's a not necessarily underrated because I do. You know, see people talking about it. It 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 does still play on TV. You know, it's safe to say it's underrated because people don't think that it's one of the top three movies ever made. <laughs> so it's underrated. <laughs> that is true. <clears throat> I have to I have to call myself out because um, people who may not know this about me. I I ran a uh, Die Hard campaign to get Die Hard into the National Film Registry. You know. Oh, you think people don't know this? <laughs> Maybe people are jumping in and they're like, "Who's Marcelo Pico?" Uh, Whoa. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're listening to, to the Talk from Society <laughs> podcast network. Maybe you don't know who I am. Maybe you haven't listened to anything I've ever done. But yes, for a time there, I was just Die Hard like. Uh, th- that was my thing for mm-hmm. two or three years, right? I saw it on the list of suggestions as to you know this this series, and you know it was like it, yeah. then I I told Mike because Mike is the master he's the mastermind behind this whole thing. I go, Mike, I don't think I have it in me to ever talk about Die Hard ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may have said everything I need to say about Die Hard. <laughs> You yeah, know, I still consider it a great movie, one of the greatest movies of all time. But am I gonna? Th- my point is, I'm I'm gonna throw this on before Die Hard when it comes to Christmas movies, and even when it comes mm-hmm. to, I guess movies overall. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would I would this would this would edge out Die Hard just a tiny bit, and I know that may be controversial, but that's just how I feel right now. That you know that's that's where I'm putting this. Uh, this movie because it is just so great to me and I'll just say this uh, this would be like one of my last points I say but yes it is a retelling of A Christmas Carol um, that's why I love about it because it does it, it does step in those like um, you know it, it does follow that plot almost to a T you know it has it does and a, and a lot of the comedy comes from the characters in the story being aware yes. of their role in the larger like like I get that I'm in a Christmas carol like I know what your deal is I know what my position is I understand what's happening here but you understand you ghost of Christmas whatever understand that this is insane right yeah we're all on the same page with this being ridiculous okay let's move on from there and let's see what you got and it still works 
Absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. And that's a remarkable thing that 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 back and forth with that sort of um it's it's an engagement with like fiction, it's an engagement with narrative, it's an engagement with art and like it's a it's a it's a ritualistic recreation of an event that like in the context of the movie is like not even like the the second or third time they've been these ghosts have been doing this for a very long time we don't know how many times they've done it and they're like yeah whatever bill murray you go ahead and you have fun recognizing that you're in the middle of a story but like you're gonna come to peace with the idea that this is gonna work on you at some point so yeah it's an it's an amazing it's an amazing exploration of a christmas carol exactly yeah it, 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 it's it's very meta in that way because it opens up, um, you know, thinking you're in one type of movie. You know, it, it does mm-hmm. that fourth wall break where, uh, you know, it's like it's like a it's like a, a, a traditional Christmas movie, but then it breaks the fourth wall and then you realize it's Bill Murray and his and his uh, staff watching this Christmas programming on this network that uh, Bill Murray's character is the head of. And yeah, so fourth wall. It's and I, that and like to, to, to your point, it does follow those steps of a Christmas Carol, but it also mm-hmm. it's very self like referential and very like meta in your face. Like oh, you know, <laughs> you know, can you believe how outrageous this is? Like one of my favorite moments is like Bill Murray walking into the elevator, and and the the, the ghost of <laughs> uh, of death uh, of Christmas future, like. Yep. <laughs> Is, Bill Murray's like, oh, like, is, uh, who's 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 paying for this? Like, what? Are you gonna scare the kids? And it works because I, I think I, I I have to believe he improvised those those you know those those moments or it just feels improvised. It feels very Bill Murray, and within that world, it works so well. So moments like that make this movie shine for me. Make this movie so memorable, and makes it my go-to Christmas Carol and my go-to Christmas movie. Oh, I, like I think it's the best Christmas Carol, right? I mean, right? Uh, that may be controversial because people love a Muppets Christmas Carol. I think that may be, you know, that's fine. Yeah, it, it's, it's just, fine. It's, it's just, it's good. It's not this level. It's not this good. Yeah. Like, if you ask us, like it's yeah, no, this. It's I mean, like, you could say that the platonic ideal of a Christmas Carol is a Muppets Christmas Carol. Because it's so true to the text, while at the same time departing from it in ways that make it appropriate for the Muppets. But this is like, this is reverent to the text in a way. Yeah. It's saying that this, this, the architecture of this, this supernatural ritual can survive being aware of everything that's going to happen. It can survive a cynic who knows the narrative, who knows every step of what's coming. It can survive a person who understands that they are in a story and it still works. Yeah. Like that is a powerful like recitation of this myth. And I think it's better than a Muppet's Christmas Carol. Well, we're just dropping hot takes left and right here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I, I I I completely agree with you, Max. And that final scene, it always tears me up. It always gets me emotional. Where he breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> breaks the fourth wall. He talks to the audience, <laughs> and he, it, Bill Murray. It, it it may be may maybe my favorite performance of his 
which is also crazy to yeah. say. Because you just feel him again. It's another moment where I feel it may be improvised. It may be him just, you know, uh, it feels from the heart. His whole um, spiel about just just humanity and goodness and how Christmas is that one time a year that you you can feel good about yourself and you can do good for others. Uh, it's perfect. I I especially love the like like weirdly like um like a narcissistic take on kindness yeah yeah he's like he's like you it like it makes you feel good to be good and you get addicted to that feeling and you want it every day and i'm like oh, this might be the greatest thing I've ever heard. Exactly. And I think that every time I watch it. Exactly. Like, it's like, it's very, it's like, it's like, this is like how a self-serving person contextualizes, like, like the, 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 the emotion of being generous and kind and good to, to people in the world. And like, it's like, oh, that, wow, that's, that's like legit genius writing right there and i'm not sure if it was written down before he said it exactly yeah because it just feels so off the cuff and it 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 does yeah it feels like he's just he's just improvising this whole thing and i again i'm with you i don't know if it's if it was written or if he was just on set and just had this epiphany of of doing this but if he was just channeling the voice of gods like it's amazing yeah so i mean it's i mean every time i watch it you know i strive to have that mindset i'm not going to say i have that mindset every day you know you know but still it's something that's that sticks in my in my head and and something i think about a lot is that ending and just how how real how powerful it is but yeah that's scrooged i think that's all i can say about scrooged um uh, it's it's beautiful. it's ama- it's yeah. it's amazing. I I'm I'm totally in love with it. Yeah. So now we can jump ahead to the second feature. Um, I mean, this is uh, and Max, you could talk about this because um, yeah. you had this idea for pairing these two up. I, I of course had to go with Scrooge, and then you had the idea to pair Scrooge with this next movie. But I, I should say. In 1988, November 23rd, 1988, this came out. And then Bill Murray's next movie was this next film. Uh, that, it came out on June 16th, 1989. So, Max, talk about this movie. Okay, well, I mean, like, we all know Ghostbusters 2. We've all seen it, right? Everyone's seen it. Like, if you've seen Ghostbusters, uh, you've seen Ghostbusters 2, obviously, unless... I don't... I mean, like, the circumstances for that are bizarre. But, uh, like, it is... I I found it frustrating that people, generally speaking, were like, oh, Ghostbusters 2 isn't as good as Ghostbusters 1. And... Like as a kid, I I agreed with that sentiment, and over the years, I would watch both movies, and I was like, I understand the take that Ghostbusters Two doesn't have the rhythm and like the the the, the structure that Ghostbusters One has, but Ghostbusters Two is a deeper, more interesting movie to talk about because there are a lot of things in that movie that are like 
strangely deep uh, and and not really explained in the text. Like, the movie doesn't make a point of saying, like, here's what we're talking about and here's the situation. It's almost like maybe it was an accident. Maybe they didn't realize how little they were explaining things. But, like, there is a, there is a resonance to this movie that I find deeper every time I watch it. And the reason I think that these two movies are inextricably linked in my brain is because they are both about the transformative power of art. Uh, like, Scrooge is about the transformative power of the Christmas Carol story. Right. And this, this ritualistic recreation of that, that sequence of events. Ghostbusters 2 is about the transformative power of art in a much more weird and and explicit way because there is literally a work of art that is trying to take over the world right it it is it is never stated that the painting of vigo is in some way possessed what seems to be happening is that the emotion of the city that has built up this slime that has that has used you know the the Ghostbusters um, pseudo scientific explanation for any sort of um, supernatural event uh, that emotion creates goop. Uh, uh, it has it is it is the painting is is channeling it and seemingly just because of the subject, just because the subject of this painting is Vigo the Carpathian, the scourge of. Carpathia, the sorrow of Moldavia. Uh, he, this the subject becomes empowered by the the power of this slime. So uh, the uh, an empty two dimensional thing is being empowered by the 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 zeitgeist of the the location in which it finds itself, and it is animated by this this negative force. And and this negative force becomes Im- like dimensionalized and empowered, and tries to take on a, a form and and take over the world. And the mechanisms by which the, the the Ghostbusters come to understand this are very like like personal and and interconnection between people and and like a relationship between like. Uh, uh, Pete Finkman and 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 uh, like Dana Barrett like has a kid. It's not really they don't really go into detail on like what happened in between the movies, but like <laughs> there's also this restoration theme. Oh my, okay, I'm going crazy. But like the <laughs> themes of restoration and transformative art in Ghostbusters Two are really interesting um, because they actually like kind of seem to know what they're doing like not only do they use a work of art to break through negativity they then transform that negative work of art the subject becomes destroyed and they turn it into a depiction of themselves a symbol of hope for the future there's a weird meta textual level to this movie that is only apparent once you accept that the 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 fact that their logo has a 2 was intentional yeah that ghost is throwing up a 2 in order to say yes our characters know they're in a sequel <laughs> I always thought, and by the way, not to dismiss everything you just said, because what you just said to me is the most deep breakdown of Ghostbusters 2 I've ever heard. 
Um, I will say I love Ghostbusters 2. I don't know why people dismiss it as an inferior sequel. Um, I may not agree that it's better than the first, but I think it's just as good as the first. I enjoy that movie so much. I can put it on and just enjoy it without having seen the first one. Without having rewatched the first one, I can just put in two without any context. Just just put on two Mm -hmm. because it's great. Um, But... Okay, but to that two sign of the ghost symbol, uh, I always thought it was peace because I think that 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 movie Ghostbusters two. I, I don't know, like I didn't, I've I have not dug into uh, into it as, as as much as you have, obviously, Max. But to me, I always dig it because the at the end, and this is my very basic uh, takeaway of Ghostbusters two is. Why can't we just live in peace? Why can't we just live as a society in peace? Uh, our negativity has, you know, corrupted us and become this ooze that runs through underneath the city. And I, lo- I love the idea. Yeah. I, it's just that they they picked that logo right at the beginning before before the the negativity slime um, that, threat was yeah. apparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that I mean that that's that was my takeaway of the two. I was like, I love that it's a two that the ghost is holding up a yeah. two, but it it also can be taken as peace. So yes, yeah. I, I mean, like, I agree. Like, when you're trying to, when you're a kid and you're trying to justify the existence of these characters, you're like, how, why, why is it doing, why? There's gotta be, and then you're like, I guess it could mean peace, but why? Why is it throwing up, a, why is the ghost throwing up a piece? Is the ghost trying to say, hey, Ghostbusters, please don't bust me. I, too, am on the side of peace. Oh, that didn't work. You threw up the Nixit over me anyway? All right, well, I guess my peace sign didn't work. Like, it's, it, it has to be a two, bro. <laughs> okay, in context, I agree with you. Now, now I'm trying to think not not to just talk about this this logo because <laughs> obviously I could talk about this logo for for hours. But yeah, you have a point. Why would they choose in the film in character a ghost throwing up a two sign? Like maybe it's because they're back. They're returning. They're hey. I think it's. Because because the the movie is fourth wall aware. There's yeah. a painting that's coming to life. The Ghostbusters are a work of art. They reanimate a work of art in order to fight a work of art. They are a work of art that is aware that they are a work of art. They are using art as a weapon to fight bad art. It is a movie all about art being alive, potentially positive and potentially negative. Wow. Okay. I, I, I want to bring in Dan Aykroyd into the Skype call to, to pick it <laughs> because only he would, I think, be on the same wavelength of like, yes, this is intentionally what we went for. This is why we, we, we did what we did. He'd hold up a crystal skull, you know, bottle. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. We'd yeah. all channel like the we all we all channel Harold Ramis. Yes. Uh and and he would be like, um Dan was pretty high most of the time. <laughs> um but I remember in great detail the intention behind the ghost and the two. 
so <laughs> that's it, how I imagine that conversation would go. And then he goes, it's because Columbia wanted us to just sell this logo <laughs> of, of a ghost holding up a two. That that was a thing. I mean, there was no, no point or reason for it. Um, I, but okay. But, very possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I love your meta breakdown of, of that, of that logo. Um, and just, j- just in case anybody is confused or isn't clear, I mean, you consider Ghostbusters 2 better than the first one, right? Yeah, and mainly uh, because I think that the energy that it gets from being fourth wall aware um, is is very powerful. And I think that Scrooge just also gets a lot of energy from being fourth wall aware, and they both seem to be about Bill Murray playing characters who are aware that they are in a story. And how that doesn't break the reality. I, I I am going to watch Ghostbusters two now with this mindset because like before this conversation, Max, I did not. I was, I just did not connect those dots. I did not connect the fourth wall breakage that Ghostbusters two had, or you know has or might have. Have you put it? And if we had more time, we'd break it down even more. We'd go (laughs) further in depth with this, but we're under a time crunch because these episodes have to be at a certain time. Um, Thank you, Mike Schindler, for that. Um, But yes, but (laughs) we've already said how these two connect. I like that. And and, and something I'll I'll also um, uh, talk about is just at this point, I think Bill Murray was at the height of his power and he could basically do whatever he wants. And the fact that he did Scrooge and Ghostbusters 2 back-to-back, I think says a lot about just, you know, what he he wanted to do at that time. Because yeah. not only did he do Scrooge, which I, which I think is an excellent movie, um, and it has thematically something to say, but he did Ghostbusters 2, which is not what people think, what a lot of people think it is, which is just a bad sequel, maybe... I don't know. I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to be in their mindset of like why they don't like Ghostbusters too. But I remember there was a, there was an episode of Elf where Elf used this manipulated the stock market and um, sold all of a bunch of money. Got a, got a bunch of money. Uh, made a bunch of money on the stock market and then blew it all. And and he was like, I don't understand what happened. And the dad on Elf was like, you know, um, sometimes greed just you know, uh, gets the better of people and they lose their objectivity. And Elf said, well, that explains Ghostbusters too. <laughs> and I remember thinking, that's not cool, Elf. Come on, Elf. <laughs> Alf, I mean, Alf should talk, for God's sakes. Where's Alf now? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it, it's it's more than just a cash grab. I think, you know... I, I agree. Th- I, I, you know, I think it is substantial, you know, uh, uh, you know before Max, your in-depth... Uh, take on it even before that i thought you know it's just it's a substantial sequel you know it it does something innovative it, it doesn't repeat itself um mm-hmm. i love that whole trope of the slime and the ending i really love the fact that it's new year's uh uh you know the strike a midnight and all of new york is together that's a beautiful moment it's similar to you know the end of scrooge i mean i don't know it yeah I think I think Bill Murray just wanted to do these projects that you know. I guess my point is that have something to say, something good to say. Blockbusters yeah. that have a positive message at the very end. So that's my takeaway from these double features. I mean, Max, I mean, what, what else can you say about these two movies together? 
Well, I think, like, in my mind, the viewing order is probably um, Ghostbusters 2 and then Scrooged. Mm -hmm. Mainly just because the ending of Scrooged is so is so in your face. It's like like Ghostbusters 2 starts off by saying like here's the story, here's where we are, here are the characters that are trapped in a world and then by the end of Scrooge like uh, Bob Goldthwaite basically like uses a double barrel shotgun yeah. to blow a hole through the fourth wall and then Bill Murray talks to the audience and says be better people it's great and that is an amazing sequence of events to happen in the course of less than four hours like th I think that this is a an amazing double feature I have done this without really thinking about it as a double feature numerous times through my life and I will probably do it several more times um, in the next few weeks because I will talk about this thing that we're doing right now <laughs> yeah. and it will it will just come up organically and then I'll be like well now I gotta do it again and I'll be totally fine with it because it's great every single time it's amazing there you go I'm perfect <laughs> I mean, yes, I am going to do this, Max. Uh, this year, when I wrap my presents, I am going to put on Scrooge, and then right after that, wait, no, what, what, what was the order? Ghostbusters 2, and I then I think it's Scrooged. Ghostbusters 2, and then yes, Scrooge. So That's that. the way to do it. I'll put on Ghostbusters 2, and then Scrooge, and that'll be my ritual for this year. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to it, because it's been a while since I've seen Ghostbusters 2, but again, I love that movie. I love Scrooge. Um it's been great, Max. Let's 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 end this episode uh, with plugs. Where can the people um, listening find you online? Um, uh, I do a podcast with Mike Schindler. Um, actually, we do a couple um, holodeck texts where we talk about Star Trek and elementary temporal mechanics, uh, where uh, we break down time travel stories. Um, and we haven't done any episodes of that because there's been so much Star Trek recently. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to get back to that soon. Uh, and we're probably going to do Groundhog Day because I recently Ooh. learned that um, Mike is sick of talking about it. So, <laughs> Groundhog Day! <laughs> uh, you should, you so should force him to do several episodes over Groundhog Day. Just create a Groundhog Day within that series just over and over and over again you know what because you suggested it i don't have to take the blame for that so <laughs> that's the plan you're welcome mike if you listen <laughs> it's my idea it um, was is that is that it max um that's all i can think of i'm j max hegel on twitter and instagram and uh pretty soon i will stop talking about politics <laughs> for a good few months uh until the midterms but for the moment uh it's pretty much all gonna be about georgia runoffs baby <laughs> oh that's right oh man uh it's it's uh it's gonna it's gonna happen for a bit longer yeah um as for me <laughs> my plugs talk filmsociety.com in case you didn't know this is a talk film society podcast network series check out the other shows on the network uh, dream a little deeper steve and um sorry dream a little deeper steve and destroy also me mike schindler and diego crispo hosting a star trek podcast of our uh, of our own called trek film society check that out on the patreon and on the talk film society podcast feed itself that's it. 
um, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety. That's it, Max. Thank you. This was fun. So much fun. Yes. I do not remember if we have a closing. Again, it's very off the cuff with this thing. So I'll just say, folks, have a happy holidays and stay safe. Goodbye. Thank you.